And here we are. Happy Lent. You look so sad, Father. Why do you look so sad? Is it because Lent has begun? <laughs> no, we're not supposed to be dour or gloomy, said, said Buffett, said, uh, said our Lord yesterday in the gospel. Yeah. Do not be gloomy like the hypocrites. Do not be gloomy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Put on, uh, anoint yourself. And I got no response from my three happy Lents at all my homily introductions. Just happy Lent, everybody, nothing. I have a theory, on <laughs> because I, I did. I will say, I will confess that I, I've kind of looked at this Lent like it, it seems to have come so fast. And so I think, this is just me, that this is the second Lent we've had in under 12 calendar months. And so it's actually kind of like come twice in the same relative year. So it's been, yeah, it started less than a year than when the yes, last one started. And now you're back at it. Right. So it would be like having Christmas and then 48 weeks later having Christmas again. It would, it would feel like it has come very fast. Yes. So that's, that abruptness has, has been universal, I think. Oh, yeah. But next year, I looked ahead next year, and it's a little bit later. So I think Lent begins like, like the first week of March. Oh, wonderful! Like, like March fifth. So I love that, and that's always good for school people because see, then your Easter break is later in the spring, right? And which brings you closer to the end of the year. Now, some people would accuse us of having started Lent on this podcast several weeks ago because we gave up good sound. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we apologize, everyone. Our good IT uh, administrator John has been so good getting our microphones situated. So hopefully this week it's a new beginning. Yeah, so Lent is no more penitential lips, sound. Yeah, he told me to put my lips right against this <laughs> phone piece. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Keep me right here. Can everybody hear well, you me? You can always think you can think yourself as a as a great singer, a musician, around, around, you know, because aren't they? They're always up on well, the Well, yes, they are. They're always, but I am not a great singer. But I do try to sing the hymns. Yeah. We should try to sing the hymns. Have you ever noticed that when we're in a group, groups of people, like you by yourself, you may be a terrible singer. But if I put you and your terrible voice in a room of other people with bad you voices, can't tell. Sing, you can't no. tell. It sounds great. Well, that's just look at any grand. Uh, we just had the uh, Super Bowl. When people sing together, they sing the national anthem or whatever it is, you can't hear. I guess Reba McIntyre was carrying the tune there. But, but you know, people sing along at baseball games. Mm-hmm. You can't tell when they're also when the crowd sings. No, it, just, it doesn't matter. That's why we should be unafraid mm-hmm. to sing the opening hymns. That's a good point. You know, and and, and it always blesses my heart, uh, Father, when uh, <laughs> when we will have certain Sundays or any, any some Catholic parish we're singing Methodist hymns. I don't think people know that. They're like, wow, that was written by Charles Wesley. That's great. He was a good hymn writer. He was a magnificent hymn writer. Great theology in the verses. Oh, yes. Well, the Methodists, Methodists were, they were the people whose theology was in song. So we sang our theology. That was kind of uh, our thing. But right. uh, anyway, but before we before we started recording, Father and I were talking about Ash Wednesday and uh, Protestantism. And I, I was just sharing with him that, you know, I always, we always celebrated uh, Ash Wednesday in the Methodist Church. That's right. It was. It was. Uh, and it was always well attended, which is always so strange. I'm not the only one who has said this, but it's it's so funny that it's a non-obligatory day mm-hmm. in the mass, right? And yet it's mm-hmm. the day where we say you're going to die, <laughs> and people just flock. That's right. <laughs> Can't wait to see those ashes. And I know, like Deacon uh, Bill, when he imposed the ashes on me, <laughs> to dust you came. I mean, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. I love, like I love that. Only in the church were we going to say. Soon uh, I'll be dead and you along with me. <laughs> and we have thanks be to God. Darth Vader <laughs> doing ashes. 
Remember you are dust, and dust you shall return. Soon, Soon I'll, I'll be, be dead, dead and you with me. me. <laughs> or no, that was, uh, was that Luke said that, didn't he? Luke said that yeah, to the right. emperor. That's right, yeah, yes. in Return of the Jedi. But it's, it's just sobering because it's so truthful. But it's, it's weird because people feel peaceful with that. I usually do just the, you know, remember your dust and dust you shall return. That's just sort of the the go to. Mm-hmm. But people, thank you, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Thank you like, for reminding me of my impending demise. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. Thank you for reminding me of my mortality. Okay, good. We're all going to die. I don't know if I've mentioned it on this on, the, on our podcast before, but someone had mentioned yesterday the Bone Church. I think you and I have talked about the right. Bone Church. What a weird. Right. Someone who's listening, go Google the Bone Church. But I love the sign. You should have this. <laughs> There's like you, so you see a bunch of skeletons there on the wall. The sign as you enter the enter the church is uh, it says, uh, "What what you are, we were. What we are, bones, mm-hmm. you shall be." That's right. <laughs> that should be like uh, that's got to be in one another Star Wars movie line somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yes, the, the, but God loves. This dust. He does love the dust. He's going to raise we this are. dust. He's going to raise this dust on the last day. Yeah. And hopefully we are raised to eternal glory. Yes. And I do know that if it's the one lie we tell ourselves more than more uh, over, the, probably the self most self-deceiving lie we tell ourselves over and over again is that death is something that will happen to other people. Mm-hmm. We know we're going to die, but we don't really know. I mean, it's like, this is your turn. It's going to happen to you. Or uh, what about Bob? That movie, that scene. We are <laughs> right. going to die. We're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. As someone else said, none of us is going to make it. <laughs> you know? That's right. The question is, is he going to make it? Is she going to make it? No one's going to make it no. in the sense of, right, the end is we don't know. But we think of that as being a very depressing subject. But the Bible, just there's several places where it says, remember this. I know uh, Psalm 90, teach us to number our days so that we may gain hearts of wisdom we can be wise. We can redeem the time. Use it wisely. Our time is short. We we have to make this this life count. Be a saint, right? While there's still time. So, so thankfully, we have Lent for that. We do have Lent, and we're going to talk about Lent because uh, we have an initiative going um, here at the parish, and I'm calling it Father is ruining Lent for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the underlying. What did he say? <laughs> The record player. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk a little bit about this. We're, we, we are calling it Project Alms. Right. And Alms is an anacronym. So let's let's talk a little bit about how the idea came to be. Go ahead and let us in on the secret. Well, I wanted to try and unify us more in, in the Lenten season with the practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I think that Lent becomes... As a kid, what are you giving up for Lent? What are you giving up? And that that seems to that can be sort of the basic understanding of Lent is well, we don't eat meat on Fridays. We fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, and we give things up, give stuff up. So, I I just think that we can become very individualistic in our approach to Lent, uh, which doesn't mean that individuals shouldn't have individual penances that are suited to their their spiritual growth but i wanted to try and do something that encompassed all three of what jesus is always preaching every man every i was thinking yesterday 
This gospel from Matthew has been read every Ash Wednesday for my entire life. There's never a different gospel. It's always the same one where Jesus talks about the fasting and the prayer and the almsgiving. I can remember being a young kid and just not just not caring about that gospel passage at all and just wanted to get the ashes and then we can go out for fish and chips later and and a lot of people did when i was from peoria you know you would go out um and eat dinner uh after ash wednesday uh, because it was your one meal for the day and and um you know i've I've, i I confess even as a younger priest i had i had done that (laughs) ash wednesday going all day with all the masses and then going out going out parishioners and going out for my one big meal you know fish and (laughs) chips and and whatnot um so uh but it it just seemed are we are we really how do we really enter into lent well so i i think that a communal way can be encouraging so people maybe struggle i don't know what to do for lent what should i give up which is only a part of it. So what are we going to give up? What do we give over? What do we give away? So giving up something, food and drink, sacrificing, fasting, and then give over what time to prayer because he says Jesus calls us to pray. And so we need to spend time intentionally in prayer during Lent. And then almsgiving which I think is very neglected in its true sense. What is almsgiving is giving money to the poor. That's a scandal. It is, right? I mean, it, it's just that that hits us. We wonder, wait, really? Because I've even thought, I, just recently, I've, I've, you know, giving to the church is almsgiving, which is kind of true uh, because the church serves the poor uh, through ministries, and maybe does donations and directive giving or whatever. So that can be the case. But, but almsgiving personally really is about giving, uh, giving directly to the poor, those in need. And so trying to figure out a way to invite us to do all three together. And so we have Project Alms where uh, the thought was to uh, strike at something which is beloved, uh, a beloved luxury that people enjoy a lot of, and it's alcohol. And we can be sort of, well, that's not true. It's not that important to me. Every, until you give it up. Uh, until you give it up. But a lot of us enjoy, wait, at the end of the day, coming home from work, a cold one or a glass of wine at dinner or socializing on the weekends and different evening hours with uh, adult drinks of choice, adult beverages. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, it's social. We, it's, it's enjoyable. It's also expensive when you add it up. Uh, so the challenge to abstain from alcohol is the first one out of the gate. And so obviously not everyone has sure. a, a liking for it or have, have given it up or whatever, and that's fine. So it, to, make it, to make it possible for everyone to participate, we'll give up uh, your favorite food. Maybe you'll not go to Starbucks and get your favorite drink or your typical whatever. What's the, the food or the thing that you're constantly kind of going after? And so that's your your abstinence, your fast from that item, and then to pray. So alms lexio, right. the Latin well, word for an acronym. Let me back up a little bit. I'm, I'm interrupting. Yeah. you. this is rude, but I'm interrupting. Well, it's a podcast. Well, well yeah, but I, I, what, what I really appreciated about this idea is that you did connect it biblically to Joel when in the reading for Ash Wednesday it was call an assembly together. Right. Is, you know, summon my people to a fast. It, it was right. not 
uh, call the assembly together and tell everybody, well, think about what you might give up, and I'll think about what I'm giving up, and this is what I'm going to sacrifice or fast from. They fasted together in the ancient world. Right. You know, the, the sackcloth and ashes, you I mean, you hear all this imagery. It was always done together. Right. And what, what really inspired me when I heard about this idea was that, well, we can do this. This is actually, we're doing this together. Right. And if we actually do it together, like I could look at you, I can look at another parishioner, they can look at me. We're all kind of in this same practice together. But the outcome is going to be what I'm most excited about, which we, which is what we can get into. Uh, and you did uh, make a point, at least in our conversations, that fasting, there are lots of things that we can fast from. Social media is a legitimate way. If, you go, if you're going to put away your phone or put away your social media, well, that's a fast. But that's not the traditional understanding of fast. Right. A traditional understanding of fast is always pertaining to food and drink. Correct. So there's got to be something to do in relation to that. And I think people, so I'm not really attached to things. Think harder. <laughs> and in a couple of weeks' time, we'll probably find out. There are things that may, may not seem so difficult now, but a few more days into it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, the, the Lord... In, in his temptation uh, by, by, the, by the devil, he quotes from Deuteronomy, man does not live by bread alone. And I remember there was a, there was a great uh, theologian who says, it's very easy for the person with a full stomach to say, man doesn't live by bread alone. If you really believe that, then give up the bread. Mm-hmm. And then tell me, is it true? Right. Does man live? Uh, does is it true that man does not live by bread alone? So, I mean, a, a kind of collective fast like this or fasting in general is a way of saying, to yourself, to your body, I don't need to eat three meals a day and snacks in between. I can actually give something up. I can actually stop drinking something and I will live. Right. As a kind of act of resistance to this culture of luxury and consumerism. Correct. Right. So luxury and consumerism, I mean, the favorite food, drink, and alcohol, I mean, all that, none of it's necessary. <clears throat> Whatever we usually are giving up is something that's probably superfluous no anyhow. nutritional value, yeah. Right, I mean, or it's just, it, it's not uh, It's not as if we're just simply not eating or drinking anything but water for three or four days. I mean, people can go to extreme levels with fasting um, if that's what they feel spiritually motivated to do. And so... So the all so the the a the absence okay mm-hmm. and then we so have, let's go with through that mm-hmm. a for in alms abstinence you're giving up alcohol or a favorite beverage of choice or food okay so, so that's what you're doing you're giving, if you're, you're not you're a drinker so you're saying if you're not a drinker it's not alcohol then give something else up it's right. a beverage or a kind of food and I would even say food. give up your favorite bottled water or your favorite whatever right energy drink if that's what you're doing so. Uh, this everyone can participate in this endeavor. You know? Right, I think most people just heard the alcohol. You know, and that's right. when the record player screams. <laughs> what did he say? Right. You know, but it's it's not. But just let you know that obviously it's a challenge, or people wouldn't be stuck on that one. <laughs> so that's what I say. Well, so what do you mean by that? I said I didn't stutter. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. you know? It's it's booze. Um, so, Ave, we're, we're abstaining. So you're calling all of us to give up alcohol, and if you're not a drinker, then give up something else, uh, a food or a drink or a, an energy drink. I love that. Bottled water, whatever is your, your, your go-to. Okay, great. So that would be A. So it's not just alcohol. We want people, people to hear that. So this is kind of like some frequently asked questions about Project Alms because it just launched. Now tell us about the L. Lexio. Which is? Reading. That comes from the Latin word reading. Mm-hmm which means to read. So read the gospel 
daily for 10 minutes. Read the daily gospel for 10 minutes. So as an invitation to praise in sustained time. So uh, to engage the word of God directly because the gospels for each day for Lent are so well chosen for the season that they are, they do merit our attention. Mm -hmm. Today, take up your cross and follow me. A very short gospel from Luke, but if you want to be a follower of Christ, you must embrace sacrifice. There's only only way to embrace the cross. Yeah, this I just completely. I haven't thought about this uh, this quote in a long time that I can remember. Um, but there was a, a saint I cannot remember his name. Saint Isaac of Syria, I think his name was. I think he was one of the desert monks. Anyway, his point was, it is impossible to know God on a full stomach. Oh. So he was, he was just saying like when you're fasting and then combining your fasting with reading and studying, that's the image, that's how you really deepen your knowledge of God. And that's ancient wisdom. But this association with if we're always comfortable, uh, that will not get us but so far. We have to deepen our knowledge. If you want to deepen our knowledge of God, we have to be detached from the things that may stand in the way. I don't know. It's an interesting saying, isn't it? No one is it impossible to know God on a full stomach. It's impossible to know God on a full stomach. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's a good, that's a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> because God. I wonder how many of those be, that would sell. I would not many, you know. <laughs> but it's it's striking to really think about that. Okay, so we're abstaining. Lectio. And, and the gospel readings, I've looked at some of these uh, for Lent. They're short. Mm-hmm. These are not long passages. But they're spiritual darts. I mean, they'll, they'll hit you. Well, right. But this is, see, the thing is that. Ultimately, this is what the church has called us to do throughout the year. Right, to know the Word of God, to know the Scriptures. So this is an invitation to do that. And just remembering that for, mo- for many of us, we can, not, we can have a disengaged uh, relationship with Scripture. It just is something, well, I don't even know what the gospel is for the day. There, or there's a daily gospel? <laughs> yeah, right. So sure, there's daily mass. So there is a daily gospel. So during Lent would be a great time for 40 days to really pray over that passage for 10 minutes instead of just wondering, well, what should I read? Just read the daily gospel. Just start with that. This is what the liturgy is providing. So go with that. 10 minutes or longer. Um, this This whole project almost is really supposed to be very flexible. I think people should be fitted to to the individual. It's not supposed to be like rigidly stringent, you know, so... So reading Lexio and then alms. And then, and then, alm, we're, then, then we're to the M. And monetary giving, which... Okay, now you've gone from preaching to meddling. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, so this is, this is the... This, so, but this is an important part of this, this. So explain to them what you mean by the monetary sacrifice. So when we are giving up the, the alcohol, the drink of choice, the food, favorite food... We're saving money because we're not spending it on those things. We're, we're not, we gave it up. So I'm not, someone says, if I'm not eating pizza or I'm not, whatever, uh, you're saving money. Because you would have spent Correct. on that thing. Right. So uh, estimate, add, be practical, even to the point of when you would go shopping, you pass the aisles that have the item and just, well, that would have cost me 35, 40 bucks this trip give it away mm-hmm. so the monetary giving so and that that is a christian principle so it's not about at the end of when i have more money because i've sacrificed these superfluous things in my life 
It ought to be I've sacrificed and I've given what I saved now to the poor. I loved you brought in during your homily at Mass. Um, you quoted a saint. St. Cloud Columbia. Tell us a little bit. Remind us again what the saint says because this is exactly right. Right. He said basically when the, well, the, the, the almsgiving and the penitence is obligatory. The, all these three disciplines, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving are obligatory in the church for Lent. Well, because they're supposed to be part of our lives all the time. So, but he point, but he he says when you go to spend money on you know entertainment, amusement, on at table, on on dress, whatever it is, uh, you th- there's also a hundred families without bread, or you complain about losing money in a card game. He said, um, but then the, you know there's money could be used to help the poor that you would have spent on yourself. So that that's ultimately what what almsgiving, I, th- I think, strikes at the heart of our wounded hearts, our hard hearts, is that's the point, is that I'm going to, sp- what I'm going to spend on myself, I'm going to give to another. That's where it's hard. Yep. Because it's my money, quote, mm-hmm. we think it's my money, I earned it, I worked for it, it's in my bank account, and I need all of it for all the things I decide to give it to. And just giving to the poor, <clears throat> giving to those in need, is difficult because we live in a culture where, yes, people would take advantage of us, and uh, is everybody on the street corner honest? And probably not. Uh, is there a racket going on? Absolutely. Are we being scammed and fished on our phones and people trying to steal? Yes, so we get very protective. But there is this, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's audacious, I guess is the right word, uh, that yes, we give it away to the poor. I don't know what they're going to do. Right. So, but I, 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 we think of the Father in heaven, though, how often he gives, everything he gives us is a gift, a grace, and we waste it. We misuse it. I give you grace to do X, and we go off and sin and do Y. So we're like the prodigal son where we take what's been given and we waste it away. We do this all the time. That's called sin. Mm-hmm. So I might give away to the poor and they might go and, and sin with that. They might, yes, but they, they, might, they might actually go do what they can, they're going to say with it. Right, but this so, presupposes that, oh, well, the poor might sin with the money I give them, but I never sin with the money that I have. Right. It's always, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always you know. The, yes, we, we, we waste money on ourselves. We, 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 we should admit that at times we use our money for wrong or overindulgence. Can I share the Chrysostom story again? John Chrysostom, his homily. All right, we're going back 600 years. No, longer than that. Uh, when he preached a homily and at a very affluent congregation. So this is in the 500s, and this is a saint. Chrysostom means the golden-tongued. He, like, was so eloquent. But he, he, this is my paraphrase. I'm roughly paraphrasing it, but this is what he said. He says that, uh, well, I keep hearing, you know, among the rich, it's like, well, if we give the poor money, they're just going to waste it. Right. They're just going to waste the money. And he says, how dare you? How dare you? You rich, affluent people, you who waste God's money on bath salts and your spas and your drinks and all of your, uh, you know, your luxuries. How dare you uh, accuse the poor of wasting what uh, money the Lord has given you when you (laughs) do the very same things? Of course, he was exiled. (laughs) 
He was really exiled, right. No, I know, but but, uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, the point is, is that all of us sin with money, and we have all wasted it. Um, but yeah, this is this is a difficult discipline to give to the poor. But it's and not. It presupposes. I mean, the song is they they want us to give to the poor, kind of face to face, like you know, in in a way where you have to encounter the poor, right, with them. But I think the point of the saint you mentioned is so true because Lent is not supposed to be a time where if I give something up, I make a sacrifice over here, but I'm benefiting it in the back door. Right. Here. It's not. It's not. I'm going to go on a diet and go to the gym and I'm going to lose weight for Lent right. by not eating fast food and I'm giving up all these. I'm giving up junk food and and okay, uh, if if you're attached to those items. And there's nothing wrong with bodily discipline, going to the gym and getting in shape and and using it as uh, to get out of a, a lazy stupor. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But it's because I love God. I mean, that's the motivating. Because if I'm lazy, I won't love God or my family. And so uh, the, the careful thing is I don't want to run out of Lent and say, look how healthy I've lost fifty pounds, and and look what I got to the gym. Right. I'm, I, or I, I did mean, shop for six weeks, and now sure. I got all this spending money. <laughs> I gave up Amazon. Now that it's sure. Easter, yeah. Now that so that's just always the caution, and and we know that when Easter hits, we probably all but feast pretty horribly. <laughs> we return to our, our troughs of what we've given up, and we we just dive right in. I, but, I mean, I know that's always going to be the, the challenge. For, for us fallen people is to overfeast or feast with abandon. Yeah. You know, so we got to be very cautious that, that, that that's going to happen, that temptation 40 days from now to jump into Easter and, and not live differently, not have a different relationship with food, drink, money, time, and the poor. We, our relationship's supposed to change with all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so the danger is that it really doesn't. It's 40 days of me feeling good about myself, having a list of things I checked off that I've accomplished, and they're all good things. But the devil works with spiritual pride very, very easily. And so it's very easy to do all the right things for the wrong reasons. So always just being on guard since we're starting Lent. Yes. So the spirit fund, the S and the alms, the final letter. we're, We're abstaining. You're going to be freeing up money if you're giving up something. If you're right. giving up alcohol, if you're giving up beverages, you're, you're freeing up some cash that you would have spent on that thing. And what we're saying is take the money you would have spent. This becomes your sacrificial. But don't. But give it to us. <laughs> give it us to St. Michael into what we are calling the Spirit Fund, which is the S in alms. Tell us about it. So the Spirit Fund, the S in alms is where we're going to put the money we're saving from our sacrifices and put it in the spirit fund. And then at the end of Lent, the church will give all that money away to a local nonprofit, which I've announced as crisis since its ministry. Right. And they work with the poor. They work with those families in poverty. They're a reputable agency. And an agency that's, that's uh, faith-based, with faith-based uh, communities, uh, Christian communities that have contributed in 1976 to, for, to found this uh, this endeavor to offer emergency assistance with food. Uh, they have a large food pantry, uh, assistance with utilities, necessary utilities, and mortgage rent uh, payments for those that are in a crisis. So the, they, they, they discern, they work with people, they decide the need, and we 
uh, are giving to them in their ministry because they're doing uh, a work that that we we need to be part of. Mm-hmm. So, and why why this this entity why why this one? Because it's in the city of Gastonia, and it's a few blocks from where we are as a parish. It's in our parish territory, serving the people right in our community, and so we need to support that, and we need to make an impact in our city and in the, in the ministry as well to let them know the church is here. So that's my hope, and hopefully it builds a relationship because, of course, they need volunteers, and we do send a little mission group down there, our Holy Family Week, or Holy Week Family Missions, which has been very successful with many families joining a week of mission work here in the city. That's one of the stops that they make during Holy Week is handing out Easter baskets, which St. Michael families collect items, they make the baskets, and we give them away to the poor. So uh, a great opportunity. So that's that's the whole endeavor there. Project Alms is to communally fast, pray, give alms to the Spirit Fund, and then the Spirit Fund will be the full alm gift that we will give away completely. And so our sacrifice is going to redound to the benefit of another. You know, that's what's exciting. I mean, this is right. this is biblical. You know, Paul even uses this very imagery when he's trying to raise money from the Corinthian church. You know, um, that the one who who was rich became poor so that we, the poor, might be rich. And so what we're doing is that we who are rich, we have means. We're gonna we're gonna impoverish ourselves to the extent of abstaining, and the money we would have spent we're giving away. But what's it gonna do? It's gonna enrich someone else. And so I'm looking forward. I mean, one of the things you have you've talked to us about is maybe bringing a representative from Crisis Assistant Ministry here after Easter one Sunday and presenting them the check. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, there's there's the possibilities are endless here, but we have an opportunity to really bless right some people through this right. I mean, well, that's really what this is about. I mean, that's mercy. That's sure. grace. Sure. Yeah, I think there's there's opportunities there. Uh, I don't want to go into the blowing the trumpet. Well, right. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So maybe it'll be we just do it and we have them here to, uh, to just welcome them and be part of our community and to let them know we, we want to support them. And I don't know, but... There's, we have a whole season of Lent to figure out how to how to best exactly. give the gift, but it's going to simply be just give. Just here you are. Yeah, exactly. This is the gift. Here's this you. is what it is. We have no idea how much we're going to have in the fund, and ultimately the Spirit Fund is for everyone. Kids can give up their favorite soft drinks, save up their allowance, uh, whatever they're giving up, and everyone can give to the Spirit Fund. So, Well, how can they give? They so let's talk give, about give how the, can you give to the Spirit Fund because there's some confusion yeah. here. We want to clarify all of this. There, you can give any way you want that you want to give to the church. All the ways that you give to the church are all valid for now and forever. Amen. So cash check. You want to drop in the in the basket, put Spirit Fund on it. You want to put an envelope in the mailbox. You want to drop it in the narthex. We've got I've uh, got our poor boxes labeled Project Alms for this season so that people can put the money in there, loose cash, whatever. Yeah. Drop it in there. Uh, the other way is to do electronically, and that is a, an easy way to do that. And we use Flocknote here. So we're trying to reconnect with that app, the, the people of the parish. Many new families have come, and this is an opportunity for them to join Flocknote as well. And you can easily give whatever amount through Flocknote. Yeah, you just text the number. It's, it's been yeah, around. you can do text, text to, to that number yeah, and a text link to comes give, to you. Text to give or QR code. We have a we have little cards available in the, in the Narthex, little business cards with Project Alms on it that you can carry with you that uh, can help you 
you think to yourself, I just made a sacrifice today. I'm going to give the money to the Project Alms in the Spirit Fund. Boom, pull out the card, and the link takes you right there. Put in your amount and move on. And move so, on. I think there's a – it's just very vast, right? There's, there's, there's any way that you normally give is the way to give. So that's the answer. Everyone – the point is everyone – I want everyone to participate. So whatever that means for you, fine. Yeah. That, it's not – it shouldn't be – it's meant to be all-encompassing. So there's many ways to give, not just one, because – there's many, many people here and many age groups and many generations represented the parish who all have different ways of giving that work with them. And so some people will never give a check and they will always do like, the yeah, digital online. Some online people will giving. never do online giving, but they will do a check. That's right. Cash. So that's yeah. why all will always exist. Yeah, I mean, so. you could give a lump sum. Yeah. Some people maybe have your, if, uh, here's what I normally spend on, um, you know, I spend $5 a week on donuts. I'm giving up, giving up the donuts. That's going to be six weeks, 30 bucks. All right, I'm giving 30 yeah. bucks. Okay, write the lump sum. Get, get, cut a check to the church. It doesn't matter. I know what I will be doing. Um, what my family will be doing is uh, we will be giving to the Spirit Fund as we go. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to use the text. I like that. I, give as you go. I just, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's just what we're going to do. So if we go out to eat, which is very seldom, going out to eat is expensive. Um, so if you go, if you give up going out to eat, hey, you can really. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but if we, if I was going to buy a, a $6 glass of wine, if right. there's such a thing anymore, I'll just go ahead and give $6. Right. So that's what we're planning to do. It doesn't matter. Right. You the know, point that, is, that's the, the point, the, the point is give as you, give as you wish, give as you go. But the, the giving is connected to the sacrificing. And I think as I've said this a few, a few times already, I'm preaching on that it, that the the point is you're giving in connection to what you're sacrificing. That's what we're after. So if if the, your biggest thing is uh, is is fast food or Chick Fil A, and you're hitting Chick Fil A up three times a week, and you give up Chick Fil A, and Chick Fil A is a ten twelve dollar visit each time. Yes, every time you drive by, and you would go there as part of your routine, you can hit the give button. And text and just give. Well, I go to Chick Fil A twice a week, and it's going to be that's about twenty five bucks, yeah, or whatever. Then just give it, give it to the Spirit Fund. That's all. It's really, it's really quite simple. The principle is unique, though, because I what I'm discovering is this is this seems to be very foreign to to our church life. This is not something that I've really even heard from the pulpit. I've never heard anyone say it like this. Give the money that you're sacrificing to the poor. So the saints, of course, uh, were probably all doing this even when they were poor. So we're <laughs> we're right. giving away to the to the poor to those in need. So, and uh, it's it's going to be a challenge because we probably have a very negative view of the poor in our in our country or the downtrodden or those struggling because we've been quote had by people who've taken advantage of us or we've. Uh, been met with people who clearly are wanting us to give money for something that is not going to be helpful to them, drugs or alcohol or whatever. So, uh, but, but poor is, is a multifaceted dimension, mm -hmm. materially poor also, but also, also just depravity, spiritual, emotional, psychological depravity still impoverished. So how, how can the church just can't say, well, because there's so much corruption, quote, in in the in the, the life of uh, those who um, are asking for money or begging in our culture today, it's just best we just stay out of it. 
See, the church can't say that. Mm-hmm. The church can't, can't say, well, until the morality improves among... Uh, I mean, there is discernment. And even I was reading in the apostolic writings that uh, they, uh, I don't know who it said, just you, it's not just giving, 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 even to maybe someone who's a, a thief or someone who's, who's clearly malicious. Uh, you know, you don't give uh, in, the, in those circumstances. But I've, I've given food to people. I've taken people into the gas station. I've bought them food and drink. Uh, in lieu of giving just cold hard cash, mm-hmm. I've given gas cards. I've given grocery cards. So there are other ways. Well, the, the crisis assistance ministry—they are. I've worked with them before in the past. They do screen. They, that's the other thing. Yeah, I they, mean, they, they are the that. ones. They, right. I mean, if you're going to talk about giving in a legitimate way uh, without right. worry or concern, no, there's a whole crisis process. assistance ministry. I mean, that's right. sure. But I, I'm with you, though. We still have to even. Uh, be aware of uh, just opportunities that we still probably can be called to give, you know, face to face in our daily lives, even as Christians sure. now. That to be kind of prepared for that. So as I as I've encouraged other people, if you don't feel comfortable just handing cold hard cash out, you can give food cards, gift cards, McDonald's. I've done that before. Someone's yeah. asked for ten McDonald's or McDonald's cards, or mm-hmm. there's so much. Or could we get some cards? It wasn't ten, but I put I think ten dollars on each one and gave them five. Before, but so I mean so that that's a way. Now will they go? I don't know what they're going to do. But but the but the food the the card the McDonald's card uh, is going to be used for food by somebody. You can't make that not happen. <laughs> so. But Project Noms, what we're saying is that if you give cards to someone, that's fine. That's not what we're trying to attempt to do. What, what we're asking everyone of the parish to do is if you're abstaining from something, you're, you're saving the money, give that money to us. And right. we will give it to Crisis Assistance Ministry, who will use it to benefit the poor um, because they are a reputable uh, organization. So there's no there's no fear. No, of course not. And and again, as a church, this really is this really is a good way to support those ministries. But we don't have the facilities to do what they do. And people do come ask for rent money and utility money. And, and we can say you may go to crisis system ministry and they will they will work that out and we don't have to judge whether the person's needs are legitimate or not. Yeah. And if they are then we've supported that. Yeah. So we are in fact answering that that request in a unique way, but we just don't have the resources to vet and each request that the, the crisis assistance ministry is able to do. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is a wonderful thing. I'm clearly on board. Uh, I'm giving up. I alcohol. gave some last night. Yeah, I, no, I sort of gave as, as of my fast. I said, well, you know, on most Wednesdays probably wouldn't, but tonight would have been nice for. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is that my body's been predisposed to have that glass of wine. So when I had my one meal yesterday, I immediately kind of moved towards the wine cabinet. Oh, <laughs> So that tells me something. I've been um, gro- there. There've been little grooves carved in my uh, brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is the habit. And uh, but I'm with you. And if if you're someone listening and uh, you're you're wondering about this, just join us. Yeah. I mean, just join the campaign. Uh, let your sacrifice in the end be a tremendous blessing to someone else. I mean, Lent really calls us outside of ourselves anyway. The whole point. I mean, right. just get let's get out of ourselves. And uh, let's join something that's really interesting. And we're doing this together, so you and I... And we can be Misery Loves Company. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave $10 last night just to just to give something. Because I, yeah. I probably wouldn't normally have something on a Wednesday night. But I thought, you know, 
after a long day, that's always the temptation is to, uh, you know, have a, have a, have a, a beverage after a long day of work or, you know, uh, my challenge will be being around just, uh, uh, social events and, you know, other priests maybe getting together and things where there's, uh, maybe, a a, um, some kind of a gathering or festive festivity mm-hmm. or some kind of a celebration or whatever, uh, that, uh, that, that where they're serving, you know, wine and beer and whatever. And, uh, the, the challenge will be, that'll be when the challenge starts to hit, hit even more. So, uh, but yeah, as you said, that's a good example. Just even just a dinner with the fish dinner, one that nice crisp. Oh, I had a can of tuna. <laughs> well, not on Ash Wednesday, but yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, for like people just, just enjoying fish dinners in general, you can always pair it with a wine. Oh, yes, so, you can. You know, so you can say, well, ice water. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, Project Alms, it yep. has launched, it has begun. Um, we've got some information about it uh, in the bulletins, you know, on the church website. Um, but I just encourage all of you, just let's do something as a community together that's going to make a difference, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. I mean, that's really the goal here. We're going to bless crisis assistance ministry through our own sacrifice. And it's really Catholic social teaching in action. I mean, so many of the popes have just said, if we would just live on a little bit less, mm-hmm. we could actually give a little bit more. Uh, but when we all try to live in a, a, a lifestyle of super abundance and everybody is trying to live that life, well, then we're just going to end up competing for the same goods and it will choke off our generosity in the end. So we're kind of, this is, this is Catholic social teaching in action. Mm-hmm. Did you know that father? The popes would be, yes, this is exactly what we've been preaching. That's right. And, <laughs> and it's all be, it's all based around the dignity of the human person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Father. Blessed Lent for you. Thank happy, you. Ab- happy abstinence. Happy abstinence. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Project Alms it has begun. And thank you for listening. And remember, everyone, stay on the bark of Peter. God bless.